We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up show, Best Game Cox podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, May the 4th, 2021. Today's show, I break down tonight's game as Gamecocks baseball looks to rebound from a tough weekend in Oxford, Mississippi, as they take on the North Florida Ospreys in a midweek game at Founders Park. Guys, I'll break down the game in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk North Florida. They're pitching, they're hitting also, of course, South Carolina, their starting pitcher for tonight. What to watch for, key player for the game, prediction, much, much more from there. Also, Shane Beamer keeps on keeping on, folks, as it's officially Flip season, 2022 outside linebacker Donovan Westmoreland flipping from Georgia to South Carolina. Guys, I'll break down his decision, what it means for the Gamecocks and Shane Beamer as he continues to build recruiting momentum in this 2022 recruiting class. Also, guys, news and notes to get into. we got a packed show here on a Tuesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group, or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
Let's go, Coach Beamer. Folks, happy Tuesday. Hope you're doing well. I'm Chris Phillips. Here's the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Shane Beamer has got me buzzing here on a Tuesday. Also, it is game day for kind of baseball. Very excited to talk that. And guys, I appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you so much again. Thank you for tuning in today. Hope you're having a fantastic day, whether you're on the commute, you're in the office, you've got the day off. Hey, maybe you're staying away from this nasty weather we're having in the capital city. It was rained all day Monday. It's been kind of hit or miss this Tuesday, whatever, but uh, should be good, should clear out in time for the Gamecocks to return to action tonight at Founders Park and take on the North Florida Ospreys. Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really quick before we get going. And, you know, I really make it a point to to say thanks and express gratitude. I, th- I think that's really important, guys, and not to get too philosophical on you and, uh, and, and whatnot, but I, I really believe in living in a state of gratitude and being thankful for things. And when you do that, hey, it's hard to be unhappy. It's, it's basically impossible when you live in a state of gratitude. But we have so much to be grateful for, and, and I have so much to be grateful for, and especially on the business side of things right now with TSUS, you know, guys, we've talked about all the positive momentum and you guys have seen it on social media and you've seen it across the content we're making and what we're doing. Very, very, very excited to announce a brand new partner, a brand new sponsor, Dason and Shalabi Law Firm, LLC. Very, very pumped to bring them on again. Great, good friends, great people. And a great law firm as well, guys. I will have the full ad read put together. I don't have it put together right now, but I just wanted to tell you guys about it. I teased this yesterday uh, on the Daily Crow. We have added a new partner and a new sponsor. We're going to have them through the end of football season. So, again, very excited for what's to come in the future and very excited to have them aboard. And like I said, fantastic people, man. Incredible people. And uh, it's really what makes the difference with them. But I want to take a second to just say thank you to you guys and show you know my gratitude, my love, because, again, I, I say it. All the time, but it's true. Without you guys' love and support, without you guys sharing the content and consuming the content and following along and and rocking what we do, none of this would be possible. So again, we've added a new partner. We've added a new sponsor. The business continues to go onward and upward, and it's because of you guys. It's because of your love and your support. So again, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, you guys so much. Thank you so much for making it all possible. And again, I'm so excited. Like I said, Dason and Shalabi Law Firm, LLC, injury lawyers right here in Columbia, South Carolina. They also have a location in Somerville, personal injury attorneys, though. Again, I'm going to have the full ad read ready to go um, on the Daily Crow live stream. We're also doing stuff with them in regards to social media promotion, all that good stuff. But again, just know we have added a new partner. We've added a new sponsor, new sponsor alert, new sponsor alert. Dason and Shalabi Law Firm, LLC. Again, I appreciate those guys. Obviously, like I said, good friends of mine, but they're even better people. And that's what makes Dason and Shalabi Law Firm, LLC, the pick for you. But again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for the love and support. Without you guys, like I said, something like that wouldn't be possible. Again, we've got a lot to get into here on a Tuesday. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, choo-choo. The Shane train is rolling on to get to that in just a little bit because there's obviously huge news in the recruiting trail. But let's start first with this baseball game tonight. Founders Park, Gamecocks licking their wounds a little bit, returning to action the midweek, taking on the North Florida Ospreys in a midweek game, 7 o'clock, first pitch tonight at Founders Park. You can watch that game on SEC Network+. Plus. Uh, yours truly will be in the building. I will be at Founders Park. But if you're watching from home, that's SEC Network+. Plus. 
is where you can find that game. North Florida of the Atlantic Sun Conference, their head coach, Tim Parenton. Uh, overall in the 2021 season, North Florida is 16-18 and 18 overall, 9-6 and six in the Atlantic Sun. Let's move to the pitching and the hitting, and we'll start on the mound for North Florida, guys. A 5.42 team ERA. So a little bit of a rough go of it for North Florida. Their starting pitcher tonight, right-handed pitcher Dylan Kelly, 0-1 with a 9.42 ERA. So again, he's had a rough go at it in 2021. And I wonder if this will be a scenario because let's see, he is, like I said, 0 1 with a 9 4 2. Um, six total appearances, just two starts for him. He's only thrown 14 and a third innings this season. By the way, get this North Florida's allowing their opponents to hit 295 off of them. That's rough. That, that's, that's rough. There's no other way to put it. That is rough. 231 strikeouts on the year. They have walked 148 batters. So, again, South Carolina offensively should have, a, have an opportunity to, again, lick its wounds, but also build some momentum to have something to feel good about. And again, that's what the midweek kind of serves as, guys. Again, all due respect to North Florida. We all know this is a game South kind of should come into and feel good about and should be able to do some good things. But again, I wonder if North Florida, will they go Johnny Holstaff like we've seen so many others do in the midweek? Or will they try to let a guy like Dylan Kelly, will they try to ride him out and let him go four, five, six, seven, however many innings he can go? On the hitting side of things, in the box, North Florida, actually a pretty solid offensive club. And they've got some good players in their lineup, hitting 278 as a ball club, players to watch for for them. Their catcher, Alex Catchler, hitting 379 on the year, six home runs, 31 RBIs. He leads their team in average with that 379 mark. You also talk about infielder Abraham Sequera. I think I'm saying that last name right, but 306 average, six home runs and 19 RBIs for him. And an outfielder, Blake Marable, 307 average, four home runs and 28 RBIs for him. When you take a look at them at the plate, um, like I said, they got a couple of guys who've hit a lot of home runs, six, six, four, five. They've got 28 home runs as a ball club. So, again, nothing crazy outside of those three or four guys. It really drops off. And like I said, as a team hitting 278. So, not terrible. Also, 23 for 31 in stolen bases. So, they will run. But, uh, you know, overall, a North Florida club, like I said, been struggling this year. Really, it's been mainly on the mound. They can swing it pretty decently, but on the mound is really where they have struggled, guys. Let's move to the South Carolina side of things. Of course, the starting pitcher tonight, none other than right-handed pitcher Jack Mahoney. Like I said, last week, he's really found a nice groove in that Tuesday night role. And I just wonder, how much longer is it going to be before we see Jack Mahoney return to the weekends? Because I just feel like the way he's pitching, he's throwing the baseball so well. And I look, look, I, I love the thought and the idea and what they're doing right now in regards to really grooming him for the weekend rotation next year. But it's just, you know, and I, I listen, I, I don't think pitching obviously has been the issue on the weekends, but if you can add another arm to your rep, your repertoire, your repertoire, I don't know why that word's so hard to say right now, your repertoire, if you can add another arm to your weekend staff, why not? You know, Jack Mahoney, I think certainly the way he's thrown the baseball, he, he has made a case for he needs to pitch more on the weekends. But Jack Mahoney is going to be such a weapon for you, especially in the postseason. You get to the SEC tournament, you get to the regionals, whatever, maybe beyond. You're going to need that fourth arm. You're going to need that fourth starter, and Jack Mahoney provides you that. Let's move into what to watch for, guys. What to watch for is the Gamecocks take on the North Florida Ospreys tonight. And the big thing is this, just a, a big-time opportunity and a big night for a bounce back. You know, this is a team right now, again, down and out, um, what are you one in one in five and your excuse me two in yeah two and five in your last seven games your last two weekends you're one in five you just got swept at Ole Miss and Oxford 
you know, coming back home, licking your wounds, you start a four-game homestand. What can you do, if anything, to rectify what happened over the weekend and just give yourself something to feel good about, like I said? I mean, obviously, as we saw last week, you know, just because you win in the midweek, just because you beat the Citadel, just because you swung it well that night, it didn't really mean anything. But I just wonder, again, momentum and confidence, it's such a big deal in the game of baseball. And you'd love to see a team come out and really, you know, be excited to play, fired up to play. I don't think that'll be an issue. But see a team really establish itself early on as we are the better ball club. We are the University of South Carolina. We're in this spot for a reason. We're rocking this jersey for a reason. We play at this ballpark for a reason. And we're going to take it to whatever opponent we're playing. It doesn't matter if it's North Florida. It doesn't matter if it's Citadel. It doesn't matter if it's Winthrop. You're just the opponent that drew, that drew the short straw tonight. So, again, a big-time night for a bounce back. Can the Gamecocks do that? Can they show up and show out and just give themselves something to feel good about as we go into this weekend? And, again, a pivotal last three weekends of this 2021 baseball season. Another thing I'm watching for, guys, like I said before, Jack Mahoney back on the rubber yet again. Um, obviously, last week, he was incredible against the Citadel, extremely efficient. Do we see that again from him? And I think we will. And it's been really, really fun, guys, to watch his maturation, to watch his growth, to watch his game evolve, and to see him get better. And, you know, I feel like this is a kid, every single start, he's getting better and better and better and better each time out. It's been a lot of fun to watch and take that in and, and be a part of it. You know what I mean? So I think Jack Mahoney, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went five, six, seven innings again. I think he's going to give you another quality start. But, uh, you know, with him tolling the rubber, again, he's going to give you a chance to win the ball game. There's no question. And against a pretty talented North Florida lineup. You know, like I said, hitting 278 as a ball club. They've got a couple of guys that have got some decent power numbers. But, again, with Jack Mahoney towing the rubber, anytime he takes the mound, I feel like it is must-see TV, and I expect that to be the case yet again tonight at Founders Park. Of course, switching to the lineup and in the batter's box, because that's the big thing we're watching for, right? Yet again, we know at this point what the pitching is. We know we have guys with stuff. We know more often than not the pitching is going to show up and give us a chance to win. But at the plate, what I'm looking for, does the approach change at all offensively? Now, first things first, do I think it's going to? No, I do not. Like I said on the show yesterday, you are – you know, you're, you're, you're 21 SEC games in. You're three-quarters of the way into the season. At this point, I don't think you're going to see, and I don't think it's realistic to expect that you're going to see these wholesale changes offensively and in the approach and in the mindset. However, there are small things you can tinker with that you can adjust, adjustments that you can make, and each individual guy can make adjustments. And I just wonder, is there anything tonight that is noticeable that we see the Gamecocks doing? You know, is there more of a commitment to the small ball? Is there more guys choking up, trying to let the ball get deep? Are there more guys that are attacking early in the count? Are there more guys that are taking pitches that are trying to get deeper in the count? Does anything change? If anything, does anything change? Does the approach, is it shifted? Is it adjusted at all? And again, we're probably not going to be able, be able to really even tell against North Florida. We're not, right? I mean, we, we, we saw this last week. We saw this song and dance, and, you know, you beat Citadel, so what? Didn't translate to Ole Miss, right? The pitching is just so much different. But, again, you need to, at the plate, build confidence. You know, it's all – I feel like a lot of it, like I said yesterday, is mental right now. You got a lot of good hitters in this lineup. They're just not swinging it well. 
There is a disconnect. Something is going on. You're missing too many good pitches. Do we see a lineup that is able to capitalize on mistakes and make Osprey pitchers pay for it? Because, again, they come in with a pretty rough ERA. The guy they're starting has an extremely rough ERA. See, if you feel like offensively, you should be able to have some success. But, again, it comes back to, for me, does the approach change? Is there a, and again, I don't think there will be a wholesale shift in the approach, but does anything change at all? Do we notice any changes? Is there any adjustment made from these Gamecock hitters? And staying with the lineup, something else I'm watching for in regards to the lineup and the shifting and the moving parts and stuff like that. How much shuffling do we see in the lineup? Because I think we would be, you know, I, I think it'd be a mistake to think that Mark Kingston's not going to ch- shake this thing up a little bit. You know, maybe you sit some guys. Maybe you try some new guys. Maybe West Clark stays down in the seven hole. Maybe maybe Eister moves back to the two hole. You know, who knows? Who knows? What do you do? Do you try to roll out there with the same nine guys in the same exact lineup and just hope for better results? Or do you shake things up? Do you give other guys opportunities? Do we see a guy like Jack Mahoney back at third base? You know, do we see, I don't know, just, just, just an overall shakeup? Do we see some young guys get an opportunity? I know a lot of you have been clamoring for Brandon Fields. Do we see him get an opportunity? Just something to bring some energy to this lineup. Because right now, this, this a bunch of guys that look really lost, really confused, that, you know, are searching for something. They're, they're searching for something, right? And I just wonder, is there anybody in that clubhouse that you could insert in this lineup that could give you some sort of spark? Because that's what you're looking for offensively. You're looking for a spark. You're looking for a spark offensively. Somebody to get in that lineup and, and go off and have a night and get everybody excited and fired up. You're looking for that. Is there anybody there? Or maybe somebody that's playing every day, one of our everyday guys that can have a five-for-five five kind of night and maybe just maybe spark something just enough to carry it into the weekend. Give your team something mentally, something positive mentally to carry into the weekend. I mentioned Jack Mahoney, and I mentioned third base. That's something else I'm watching for. Who mans the hot corner tonight? Guys, I talked about it yesterday. You had a combination. Hey, three different games, three different third basemen. Brandon Malone, Michael Robinson, and Joe Satterfield. They went a combined 0 for 8 with three strikeouts. Listen, I'm a Mark Kingston guy. I like Coach Kingston. To this point, I like Coach Kingston. But my God, can we please just pick a third baseman? Because obviously, changing them out every other game is not working. Dude, it's just like switching out a quarterback every other possession. How are you going to gain any sort of consistency when you are doing that? How are you going to get your best effort from a guy and get his best out of his abilities when you are constantly switching guys every other game? I mean, these guys have enough to worry about, right? Their mechanics. I mean, the mental struggle at the plate right now. Hey, they got to worry about playing defense. And then you add on top that these guys are showing at the ballpark with no clue if they're going to be in the lineup. Just none. No clue. So they're worrying about all of this stuff. Plus, they don't even know if they're going to be playing. So when you're switching them out every other game, how do you – and I'm not saying just, hey, just put one guy in and no matter how he does, he can get 100 for the year, he's going to be your starter. 
But do you not think that helps a guy like George Khalil? I mean, I think it does. I, I, I think it helps any ball player to know, hey, you are our guy. We believe in you. We trust in you. And we know that you're a good player. And yes, you might be slumping. You might not be playing your best, but we believe in you and trust that you are going to turn it around. You would not be in that position if you were not good enough. And we believe you will get it going at some point. That's why I think the, the, the whole conversation about Thomas Farr and shuffling him in the, the weekend rotation, I think it's a bad idea. I think it's a bad idea. You hurt more than you help if you start moving guys around in that weekend rotation. You do, in my opinion. In my opinion. But when it comes to the hot corner, who do we see? I, at this point, I literally put the names Brennan Malone, Joe Satterfield, Jeff Heinrich, Michael Robinson, and Jack Mahoney in a bucket, shake it up, and, and pull a name out of a hat. I mean, that, that's, that's what I feel like the thought process is at third base right now. Pick a guy. Please, for the love of God, pick a guy. Give somebody a chance to win the job. And I'm not saying give some – I mean – Brennan Malone goes 0 for 4, right? Or excuse me, 0 for 3 or whatever he went on Friday night. I mean, he was facing Gunnar Hogland and the rest of the lineup didn't do shit either. We only had two hits. They're not all getting benched. You know, I, you know, I just, you gotta, you, we can't go into the damn postseason having no clue who our third baseman is. We gotta pick a third baseman, man. We gotta pick a third baseman at some point. So who mans the hot corner? Again, Something I'll be watching for tonight for sure. And finally for me, guys, you know, I have not talked a lot of defense this year. I felt pretty confident about our defense. And then you went to Oxford and, and you saw the way you saw the way we sort of struggled, especially in game one. And then you saw the issues arise later in the series with the, you know, Andrew Eister throw to home and you know, Colin Burgess, he gets under the tag. There were just some defensive miscues and mishaps that cannot happen. Do we see the defensive issues linger in the midweek, or do we see that be cleaned up? Again, I think this is a team that has good, good fielders, has good gloves. I'm not totally I'm, – I'm not, I'm not overly concerned with the defense. But, again, you just don't want to see that linger into the midweek. You, you just don't want to see those type – because all it is is a lapse in concentration. That, that's all it is. Like I said before, all these guys are at this level for a reason. Everybody in our lineup can hit a fastball, and everybody in our lineup can play defense. You wouldn't be in that position if you could. It is literally a lapse in concentration. When you boot a ground ball, hey, it's something you've done thousands of times, thousands among thousands. It's not a physical mistake. It's a mental mistake, and coaches will tell you, the mental mistakes are the ones you just cannot have. Physical mistakes are going to happen. You're going to get a bad hop. Shit like that's going to happen. But the mental mistakes where it's a lack of focus, it just can't happen. It just can't happen. So, again, do we see the defensive issues linger into this game tonight? Or do we see a much cleaner game in the field? Let's move in a key player for tonight, guys. And I'm going back in the batter's box, okay? I'm going back in the batter's box. And you just start, you know, with the offensive issues. You start looking around. You say, who, who's going to be the guy? Who, who's going to be the guy to shake up the bat rack? Who's, who is going to step up? Because, you know, you, you saw Wes Clark hit his three-run home run. 
in game three. Outside of that, he did nothing the rest of the series. Brady Allen, I feel like, has given you all he can. You know, Davey Mendham, Davey Dingers has been here and there, inconsistent, whatever. Who's it going to be? And I, I talked to Braylon Wimmer. I, I feel like I've talked about everybody at this point. You're just looking around. Who can be that guy? And I think it does start in the midweek with having a good game against an opponent that you should have success against, bottom line. And so maybe this is just me picking a random hitter that I hope is going to break out, maybe spark us. But it's also a guy that I'm picking that is a really good hitter that needs to swing it better. And when he has swung it well this season, it seems like we have swung it well as a collective. And that is outfielder Andrew Eister. So my key player for tonight, again, outfielder Andrew Eister, a guy that was so clutch early in the season, has all the tools, has all the capabilities, nobody, and I mean nobody, loves going backside more than Andrew Eister does. Nobody loves going oppo more than this guy. But Andrew Eister's been, you know, it, it's, what is he hitting right now, like 270, 275 maybe? But it's been a very quiet 270 for Andrew Eister. It's been, it's been a kind of a quiet 270. And I feel like it's been a while since he's really had a, a quote-unquote breakout game, if you will. You know, he had those two big ones against Clemson, and hey, this guy could do nothing for the rest of the season, and he will still be a Gamecocks legend, no doubt. But, you know, you're looking around, like I said, you're in that clubhouse right now, you're looking around for guys, you're looking at your hitters and saying, okay, who's going to step up? Is it you? Is it you? Is it your turn? Is it somebody else? My attention turns to Andrew Eister. Again, I feel like this is a guy that I haven't talked about that much. I really feel like for as good of a player as Andrew Eister is, we haven't really talked about him this season. It's been a quiet 270 that he's hitting. He's having kind of a quiet season overall outside of the Clemson series. And he's just one of your big bats that, you know, one of your veterans too, man. He's one of your veterans. You're going in this last nine-game stretch in the SEC this is one of those dudes that has to step up. This is one of those dudes that just flat out has to step up for you. So, again, my key player for tonight, and, again, it's, out, it's, it's, it's so far beyond just tonight. It starts tonight going off against a weak North, North Florida pitching staff. But this is a dude you need to have a good game tonight and then carry it into the weekend, carry it into the last nine games of SEC play. So, key player for tonight, outfielder Andrew Eister. My prediction for the game. You know, I, I know a lot of fans right now are feeling some type of way. A lot of fans are down and out and think, oh, we're just so terrible. This ball club stinks. We're not even going to make the postseason. Some of us are hitting the panic button. I can tell you one thing. I'm certainly not. TSUS certainly isn't. And I've got a really good feeling about this game tonight, believe it or not. I, I think South Carolina has shown, I mean, they're, they're going to hit midweek pitching, I, no doubt. The concern will be this weekend when you take on that Mississippi State pitching staff. But tonight, tonight, I have no doubts the Gamecocks are going to hit North Florida early, often, all over the yard. This is a Gamecocks lineup and a Gamecocks team that after a frustrating weekend in Oxford, I think we'll be looking forward to the opportunity to beat up on somebody else, to take out some frustration, to show up to the ballpark and establish, hey, we are the better ball club. Bottom line, you don't belong in the field with us. 
And I think South Carolina will do that. I got the Gamecocks getting a big win tonight. Give me South Carolina 14, North Florida 4. I, I think the bats do heat up. I think that, again, Gamecocks hitters will relish at the opportunity to beat up on somebody else and to take it to somebody else after that really frustrating weekend against Ole Miss. I'd expect a couple of guys with multi-hit games. I think the ball will be flying all over the ballpark at Founders Park. And, again, I, I think the Gamecocks will cruise to a victory, expect another great outing from Jack Mahoney. And, you know, you, you'll be able to, like I said, take out the frustration on, on somebody else after a really rough weekend in Oxford and, and have something to feel good about, something maybe to build on going into that Mississippi State series. So give me Gamecocks 14, North Florida 4. Lock it in, folks. All right, let's move to the football side of things. Choo-choo, all aboard. All aboard the Shane train. Very exciting stuff, guys. Is Shane Beamer out of nowhere, by the way. Out of nowhere on Monday. Hitting us with the welcome home tweet. And all of a sudden, at that point, you know, the rumors started flying. Oh, there's a big flip coming from SEC school. Confirmed 2022 outside linebacker Donovan Westmoreland flipping from the University of Georgia to the University of South Carolina. Shane Beamer and company picking up their third commit in the last four days, and you feel like recruiting momentum is really, really, really starting to pick up for the Gamecocks. And you know, when it comes to this kid, people are like, oh, Chris, is he a three-star? Is he a four-star? He's not a four. He's a three. He's not a three. He's a four. Whatever. Depending on the service that you use and you like the reference, He's either a three or four star, whatever. He's a good football player from the state of Georgia. What this more so says to me, though, is this. Because, again, I think you guys know at this point, yes, I like recruiting. I do. Recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. It's extremely important. Is this the show that you're going to tune into where I'm going to give you a 30-minute breakdown on this kid and his film and stuff like that? No, it's just not. I'm sorry, but it's just not. I'm not going to do that, right? In some scenarios, some cases, maybe, but most often, or more likely than not, no. But what this does say to me, because again, choo-choo, all aboard the Shane train. And I voiced this on social media, but I'll say it to you guys yet again. What this says to me, the momentum that Shane Beamer is building in his first recruiting class in Columbia, I don't care if the kid's a three-star or a four-star, whatever the hell star he is. You don't get a guy to flip from Georgia to South Carolina unless things are going pretty well. Unless your program is on solid footing. And I think it's a great pickup for Shane Beamer and company. Again, the kid was going to Georgia. He's a pretty damn good ball player, I'd say. And out of the state of Georgia and to go into Georgia, to go into their backyard, and pull him to Columbia, to pull him to South Carolina. Hell of a job by Shane. Hell of a job by Beamer. Hell of a job by that coaching staff. So that's what it more so says to me, and that's what more so fires me up. That, you know, when you start getting in the conversation of getting flips from schools like Georgia, yeah, momentum around recruiting, it's in a pretty good spot, right? You're in a pretty good spot in regards to your program and, and recruiting. And things are starting to – that's a pretty damn good sign 
in regards to your recruiting momentum. Things are starting to heat up a little bit, and you absolutely love to see it. So, again, a great job by Shane Beamer and company. Great job by that coaching staff. Again, 2022 outside linebacker, Donovan Westmore. Hey, it's a position of need. Absolutely a position of need for the Gamecocks. You'll be losing Sherrod Green after this year, and we all know the depth issues that surround linebacker position. So, Donovan Westmoreland, hashtag welcome home, sir. Hashtag all aboard the Shane train. And Shane Beamer is just keeping that Gamecocks fan base fired up as we get closer and closer and closer to kick off this fall. One quick note, guys, and we'll wrap this thing up. South Carolina ranked 19th in the latest D1 baseball top 25. And I know a lot of you were like, oh, my God, I can't believe we didn't drop farther. Like, how are we even still in the top 25? It's what I was trying to tell you. Did we have a bad weekend? Yeah, we did. We had a bad weekend. No question. But does that make us a bad ball club? No. And I think the guys at D1 Baseball, that's what they are saying by keeping South Carolina in the top 20. It's a top 20 ball club, dude. They've played a really, really tough schedule. They walked into a hornet's nest when they went to Oxford and they took on a really, 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 really good Ole Miss team. And you never want to get swept. I'm not saying it's okay that you got swept, but this is still a good ball club. Please do not make the mistake of thinking, oh, my God, this team sucks now. This is still a really, really good ball club. It is. It's a really good ball club. It's got deficiencies. It's got issues to fix. But it's a good ball club. No question. So, again, and I think the rankings reflect that. 19th in the latest D1 baseball top 25. Again, guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in, guys. Again, thank you so much for the love, for the support, for you guys rocking what we do. Our latest sponsor, Dason and Shalabi Law Firm, LLC. You know, that partnership, that sponsorship, and people that, you know, they see the love you guys show and they see the support you show and, and it just it just shines bright, you know, on social media. And so, again, without that, there would not be people believing in my vision and seeing what we are doing and say, hey, I want to be a part of that. I want to support that. And I see the value in what they are doing, they being TSUS and us, obviously what we're doing. So without you guys, man, I, it, I, I owe it all to you. Owe it all to you guys. So, again, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Hey, like I said, if you're going to be at the ballpark tonight at Founders Park, I'll be there. Yours truly will be in the building. Holler at me. Would love to meet some great Gamecocks, talk Gamecocks baseball, talk whatever else. I'm um, going to be a fun night at the yard tonight against the North Florida Osprey. So, again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Y'all take care. Go Cox. Beat North Florida. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.
ring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.